Support for the Things Above podcast, hosted by James Brian Smith, comes from the Apprentice Institute for Christian Spiritual Formation at Friends University, whose mission is to provide spiritually transforming educational experiences for churches and individuals seeking a radiant, joyful, Christ-centered life. Learn more by visiting ApprenticeInstitute.org. I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things About Podcast. You're listening to episode 107. If you missed the pilot episode of this, your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above, Colossians 3, 1 and 2, where Paul says, set your minds and hearts on things above. Setting our minds on good, beautiful, and true thoughts, on uplifting, encouraging, life-giving, biblically-based thoughts is not easy, and that's why we do the podcast, to provide for you and for me in each episode a thought from above that you can dwell on, that I can dwell on, so that we can set our hearts on Christ. Our hearts will be warmed and we will become epiphanies of grace. Today's thought from above is this, you're already there. Over the last several episodes, 101, 103, 104, and 106. I've been unpacking, there's my word, I've been unpacking some of the key aspects of what it means that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. As I said, this podcast is based on Colossians 3.1, and it reads there, we're told to set our minds and hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, What I've been exploring is, why is it important that Jesus is seated, and what does it mean? What does it mean for us? And so far, I've been trying to say that Jesus being seated means a couple of things. One, that his work has been completed. You may remember my rhyme, seated because completed. And number two, being seated by the right hand of God indicates that Jesus is in a position of power. So, work's been completed, and Jesus has power. And what I've been showing over these last several episodes is that Jesus has been showing us what he did. That's what this means. This is an important concept. It's not just a throw-off line. I say to my students all the time, there's no wasted words in the Bible. If, if it says, Paul says, set your mind on, on things above where Jesus is, seated at the right hand of God, that means something. What does it mean? Number one, it means Jesus showed us who God is exactly. Number two, By his sacrifice, Jesus has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That's the completed work. That's the good news. But what power does Jesus now have, and what does that mean for you and me? If the second part of being seated is because he's seated in a place of power, well, it means two things again. One, he's holding the universe together. And two, he is perfecting all of our prayers. I mean, that's even more good news and worthy of setting our minds on. So now, here's something I'd like you to do. Just pause wherever you are and close your eyes. Well, not if you're driving, but assuming you're not driving. Otherwise, close your eyes and just think these thoughts with me. Here we go. Ready? Jesus is what God is like. Kind, loving, compassionate, holy, and powerful. Jesus is holding you together. 
Jesus has made you perfect, forgiven forever, by his death. Jesus is taking our feeble prayers and perfecting them as he prays them for us to the Father. Such powerful stuff. Okay, but I have one more thought from above about this idea of being seated, or Jesus being seated. And this one is not just about Jesus being seated, but it's about us being seated with him. Listen to this incredible verse, Ephesians 2, 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. One more time. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now, this fits perfectly with Colossians 3.1 that I've read already several times in this podcast. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So, it fits. But what Paul is saying here is that we have been raised, resurrected, with Jesus, and we are also seated with Jesus in the heavenly realm. Now, how is this possible? You and I are here on earth. We're going about our normal lives. How can we, right now, be seated with Jesus in the heavens? Well, Colossians 3.3 explains it this way. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, in what sense are our lives hidden with Christ in God? And how is this hidden life now with Jesus in the heavens? Here's how it works. So when we come into saving faith, our old way of life ends. Baptism, of course, has always been the great symbol of dying and rising with Christ. When we surrender our lives to Jesus, we are born anew or born from above or born again was the old language. Our life from that moment on is infused with the resurrection power of Jesus. So my life and your life is now a hidden life. And it's something that we cannot see. Our true identity, our truest identity, is actually hidden. I may see you and think that I know you and you me, but in truth, our actual identity is safe and sealed in Jesus. And that life, which is now hidden, will one day be revealed. Colossians 3 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So, we will be with Jesus in glory in the future, but for now, that glory is hidden. Real and certain, but hidden. And that's important, because if I could see how you are going to glow one day, it would blow my mind. I, we couldn't even have a conversation. Same the other way. I mean, it's a good thing that it's hidden because it would be blinding. Think of Jesus at the transfiguration when he shone like a bright light that was blinding to the disciples who saw it. Jesus spent the rest of his time hiding it, right? He, he, was, he was hiding that glow in his normal everyday life. But at the transfiguration, it's like, boom, there it was. And so it has to be hidden. That's the way it works. There's an old country song by the band Lone Star called I'm Already There. And in the song, it's a great country song, 
In the song, this man who's on the road and away from his family calls home and talks to his kids and his wife. And they all tell him that they can't wait for him to come home to them. And he says, I'm already there. Here's the chorus of the song. I'm already there. Don't make a sound. I'm the beat in your heart. I'm the moonlight shining down. I'm the whisper in the wind. And I'll be there until the end. Can you feel the love that we share? Oh, I am already there. Now, a lot of us hope, you know, one day I hope to be in heaven. And many of us long to reunite with those who we've loved and lost. And we hope that they are well and that they are in heaven and we'll see them again. But here's the good news. We're already there. We're already there. Here's a a great quote from Randy Alcorn. In a metaphysical sense, we've already entered heaven's community. Heaven, then, isn't only our future home, it's our home already, waiting over the next hill. If we really grasp this truth, it will have a profound effect on our holiness. No wonder the devil is so intent on keeping us from grasping our standing in Christ. For if we see ourselves in heaven with Christ, we'll be drawn to worship and serve him here and now, creating ripples in heaven's waters that will extend outward for all eternity. Isn't that beautiful? The devil doesn't want us to set our minds on this truth, because if we do, we will worship God, which the enemy hates. One more mind-blowing quote, this time from the great Oswald Chambers from his masterful work, My Utmost for His Highest. Here's what he has to say about our lives being hidden with Christ and already in the heavenly realm. When you really see Jesus, I defy you to doubt him. If you see him when he says, let not your heart be troubled, I defy you to worry. It's virtually impossible to doubt when he's there. Every time you're in personal contact with Jesus, his words are real to you. My peace I give unto you. A peace which brings an unconstrained confidence and covers you completely. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, your life is hidden with Christ in God, and the peace of Christ cannot be disturbed, and it has been imparted to you. Isn't that lovely? When you realize that you're already with Christ, how can you doubt Him? How can you worry? Instead, being with Jesus now brings peace and unconstrained confidence, Chambers says. I love that unconstrained confidence from head to toe. You are already there. And Jesus is already there with you now. That is a powerful thought from above. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I hope you join me next week for episode 108, which will be a wonderful conversation with the eminent New Testament scholar, Dr. Scott McKnight. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith, and you can learn more about this podcast at ApprenticeInstitute.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, 
What's on your mind? Your answer will be things above. <laughs>